0: You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wulby, Director of Torch, Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Good evening, everybody. It is so wonderful to be back here at Mondays. And today we are up to uh, Misilati Sharim. I believe this is the third class. We mentioned last week that the purpose of our existence purpose of why every single human being is alive we all strive for the same thing we all desire the same thing and that is pleasure every single human being wants pleasure every single human being is created for pleasure and the ultimate pleasure as we mentioned last week is a connection with god now i want to just for a second Talk about last week's parsha. Last week we read in the parsha that Yaakov is—he's about—he's blessing all of his sons. But in that in that portion, the end of Genesis, it says the, the name of the portion is Vayichi. What does it mean, Vayichi? And he lived, and yet it's the like the last day of his life. So it's an obvious question, is why would you call the Parsha, why would it be named as Vayichi, and he lives when he actually died then? So our sages explain, that a tzaddik, a righteous person, even when they're dead, are considered living. While an evil person, even when they're alive, they're considered dead. Why? So, in order to understand this, we have to understand what is, a human being. If someone were to ask you, what are you? What would you say? I'm me, right? I'm me. Well, what is the me? What What is me? Oh, that's the perfect answer. I am a soul that is wrapped in a body. Most people say, what do you mean? I'm flesh and blood. No, that's not what you are. That's your clothes. What you are is a soul. So now let's see what happens here. A righteous person, what does he invest his life in? In his soul. The soul doesn't die. The body dies. While in a wicked person, what do they invest their whole lives in? Their body, not their soul. So when they're alive, when they're living, they're considered dead. Why? Because all they're investing in is something that is nothing. While the righteous, they invest in their souls. Even when they're physically dead, they're alive. Okay. It's a very important principle to understand. Now, how do we feed our soul? How do we feed our soul? There's only one thing you can feed your soul with. You can try all the Coca Cola. You can try all of the pizza. You can try all of the food and all of the fashion and all of the, the houses and all of the cars and the vacations and the yachts and the, and the cruises. Nothing is going to feed the soul. It'll feed the body and it may do a very good job at feeding the body, but it won't feed the soul. The only food that we can feed our soul is spirituality. Oh, so what is spirituality? So we open up the Torah. And the Torah tip tells us what, what spirituality is. It is what, this, everything you see from Adam to Eve to Noah to Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to the tribes. We look at what they were doing. Not from a very simple... Many people, they like to uh, to look at the Torah and think that the Torah is like a novel. And you can argue with the author. The only problem is that here the author is God. Not worthwhile. It's not worthwhile trying to argue with God. He knows exactly who and how and why he created each creation. And the, the purpose of everything that's written in the Torah is to give us not only an example, but to give us a, a manual. A manual in how to attain spirituality, how to attain a connection. So that's 630 commandments. Every one of those commandments, by observing the uh, commandments, those that are performative or prohibitive commandments, they are all part of a package in helping us attain our spirituality. Every mitzvah one performs has the ability to nourish the soul. That also comes with, with, with uh, an understanding that of what we're doing. If you do something, even the most meaningful thing in the world that you might do, but it's robotic, it doesn't fulfill, you know, the action doesn't fulfill the spirit in any way. So if a person is putting on the most incredible, one of the great great mitzvahs that we have every single day is to, to put tefillin on. But if a person doesn't stop to think what am I doing here by putting on these tefillin, it's very unlikely that it'll have a strong spiritual impact on the person. Same thing with reciting the Shema. You can recite the Shema. But if you don't have focus and intention when you recite the Shema, it's not going to have an impact. So every mitzvah requires us to do it with intention, so that it Brings about that awakening. It brings about that inspiration that is something we crave for uh, every day. There is no greater pleasure. There is no greater pleasure than the pleasure of connecting to Hashem. There is no pleasure at all on all of God's green earth and everywhere outside of that that doesn't have the ability. To, uh, fulfill us, uh, fulfill us, uh, when we, when we pursue those spiritual pursuits. Now let's continue. So he says like this. Where is this place? Where this is the last, uh, last, uh, sentence in the, in the previous uh, paragraph? Where is this place in which we get this ultimate pleasure? You know where it is. That's in Olamaba. He says something very, very important in the Ramchal. Ramchal tells us that every person was created with the perfect requirement, with the perfect tools necessary to attain their lofty spiritual status that is waiting for them in the world to come. Imagine this. Imagine you come to a uh, a gala, so they you come to the gala. They have a card with your name on it. So what's your name? Uh, my name is Benjamin. Oh, very nice, Benjamin. Benjamin, what? Oh, okay. You're sitting at table twelve, right? They assign your seat. They have different reasons why they put people um, at certain tables. I usually get the random table. I, I'm usually designated as the random table guy. You know that random table is like. I don't know. I don't know any of these people. Nobody really knows who they are. You know, just put them with Rabbi Wolvi. Just, you know, you know, just put them there in the back. And, uh, I get the random table. But you want to know something? It says, call Yisrael Yeshlem Chelek All of the Jewish people have a portion in the world to come. Every single Jew has a portion in the world to come. You have a seat waiting which says, Benjamin. It's your seat that's waiting for you. I have a portion of the world to come. But our sages tell us, you have to earn the ticket to get in. The seat is there. So how do I know if I'm going to be able to get all the way? It means I have to really earn getting to that seat because you're front row. You're front row. How are you going to get to the front row seat? Well, we have to earn it. We have to earn our way to the front row. So if God gives us certain talents, certain abilities certain skills, and instead of getting to that place where we earned that seat. So let's say, okay, God has that seat for us, and we're on our way to earning it, hopefully. But then we get distracted. We get distracted by one thing or another. So what that does is it's diverting our attention from what we need to focus on, And then we lose out because we haven't gotten as far as we needed to go. Imagine if someone's goal in life was to climb up to the top of Mount Everest. Now imagine on Mount Everest, every, you know, 300 yards, there's another little community. People decided to settle on the mountain. All right? It's doable. So you go, and the people tell you in the bottom, listen, the only way you'll get to the top is if you don't stop and talk to people. Just go. You gotta stay focused on your target, and don't stop. Right? Sounds like a reasonable objective. I want to get to the top of the mountain. There's only one way to get to the top of the mountain. Don't get distracted. So he starts climbing up, and he gets a little tired. He gets some snow in his boots, and he's like, you know what? I can really use a really good meal right now, you know. And he stops by one of the villages. He sees it's really nice. It's a really nice village, and then you know he meets the you know so- someone comes out and greets him. And says, you know what? Why don't you stay by us? Stay, stay here in our community. You know, it's, it's a nice little community. It's called the Everest First, right? It's the first community. And, uh, we're the original, right? Eh, excellent. Fine. So late at night, he goes to sleep. Next morning, he wakes up and he sees that the, you know, the, the host has this uh, beautiful daughter. Says, you know what? I'm a single guy. I've been wanting to get married. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a good shirk. Maybe it's a good match. But he remembers, you know, I have to continue. You know what? It's not going to hurt if I just, you know, if I just stop to get married a little, you know, it's not, it's not going to hurt. But what, what it's going, what's going to happen is, is that he's going to forget that he was on a course. He was going to forget that he was on a mission. In life, we are here. God says before we even born. He says, My people, they're all righteous. They all have a portion of the world to come. All have a portion of the world to come. But if we get carried away, and we don't stay on our focus, what's possible to happen is that someone gets distracted, and then when we're distracted, we don't accomplish what we need to accomplish. Everything that you see around yourself, of course, not here at the tour center, but everything outside of the tour center that you see around yourself, whether it's cars, whether it's stores with, you know, all of that is a distraction. It's, it's stated purpose is to get you to forget about why you're here. That's, that's its stated purpose to get you to forget why you're here. Now, who put it there? You think the person who's selling this product, they, they care? Well, they, they don't care. Yetzihara cares. Yetzihara says, one more person going to God or one more person going away from God. What's, what's his job? His job is to distract us. Do everything in his ability to get us to be distracted. Everything. That is the stated purpose of Yetzihara. That's what he's here to do. So what's the challenge that we're facing? What's the challenge? It's a very simple challenge. The challenge is, is that in order to get to our place in the world to come, we have to pass through this world and earn it. In the world to come, we have a a place that's ready for us. It's waiting for us. But in order to get there, you know what we have to do? We have to go through this world. It's like in order to get the big prize and to hold up the trophy, you know, you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to run through this course and that course and change here and do this and do that. You're gonna have to do all of these. All of these stumbling blocks are gonna come your way. And if you pass, then you'll get the trophy. Our place in the world to come doesn't come for free. There's a price to pay. And what's the price? The price is working hard in this world. And working hard in this world means we're going to have to give up on some things. We're going to have to let go of some things. So that we stay focused. So we stay right on course. And this is what the Ramchal tells us now. Although man's ultimate purpose is fulfilled not in this world, but rather in the world to come, nevertheless, life in this world is necessary for the attainment of man's goal. In order to get to that world, where we get the reward, we have to pass through this world, which is the world of challenge, which is the world of tests. So our sages tell us, says the Ramchal, But the path that we must traverse to reach this desired destination of ours, is this world. And this is the meaning of what the sages of blessed memory have said in Ethics of Our Fathers, chapter 4, Mishnah 16. (laughs) Ha'olamah zedome'l Prosdor, Pifne ha'olamah ba. This world is similar to a vestibule before the world to come. Thus, man's ultimate goal lies beyond this world. But he can reach the world to come only by passing through this world. You can't get the trophy... By running around the obstacle course. You have got to go through the obstacle course. And when you fall and get up again, and fall and get up again, and fall and get up again, it says the righteous fall seven times, but get up. Shev yipot tzaddik, And they get right up. If we just try something once, and say, hey, didn't work, I'm done. You know what would happen if you had that mentality? You would never walk. You probably would never talk. I know my daughter has just learned 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 to to walk. The past couple of months, and you know, what? every time she stands up and she falls and she stands up and she falls, and now she can walk. But they keep trying. So just because you fell doesn't mean you shouldn't try stand up again. We try to say the right blessing. We say the wrong blessing. So we're going to stop? No. They say that making the mistake once helps you never make the mistake. Uh, They say it particularly if remembering your wife's birthday. You know, you remember it. You forget once. Forget once. You'll never, you'll never need need another reminder. The responsibility that we have in this world is to get through the obstacle course. Now we're living in a world where people are pursuing a problem free life. Have you met anybody? Yeah, I just want to live a peaceful life. Just leave me alone. Everyone is dreaming for that peaceful life where you're on a vacation out in, in Hawaii and everything is just so blissful and perfect. Guess what? That's not reality. That is not reality. And nobody's happy in anything that they do unless they're on their mission. Nobody has it easy. Nobody has an easy life everybody's got a difficult life one person it's this and one person it's that and everyone says well you know they say that if you put everyone in a room and they all uh put their their troubles in a basket and put them in the middle of the room to pick you know do a grab bag everyone could pick anybody else's sorrows. right you'd pick your own again you'd pick your own problems again nobody has an easy life no one has a free life just do whatever you want everybody's got challenges one time it's the father the other person it's the mother the other person it's the ch- son the other so- person it's the daughter the other person it's the brother the other person it's themselves the other person it's their community everybody has got issues they need to deal with nobody's in this world scot free if they are something is wrong they either don't have the file and the file or the file is totally corrupt but nobody lives a problem-free life. It's a fallacy. It's, 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 uh, a, a rosy imagination for someone to think, you know, look at them. They don't have any issues. They don't have any problems. It's only me. I'm the only one who's struggling. No. It's funny. It's one of the benefits, even though it's one of the, ironically, it's one of the biggest problems of this world as well. But internet is a very interesting thing. Did you ever have a problem and search it on Google and they say, sorry, no one's ever asked this question before. You're the first loser to be stuck with this problem, right? Did you ever think, you ever think about that, right? No, everybody's dealt with the same issue with AT&T, right? Or with whatever company or whatever product, whichever. Someone else has dealt with the same exact problem. If not one, maybe 15,000 people dealt with the same problem and they have YouTube videos about it. I think we need a few more Jewish YouTube videos, like how to, how to put up your mezuzah, what to do if your mezuzah falls, what's if they, they, there are things to do to, you know, we need to, to recognize that no one's got a free ride. No one. Everybody has issues. Everybody's got problems they need to overcome. And that's part of the beauty of our life. We need to not be upset about, you know, even if it's God forbid illness. You know, I need, I need to share with you an idea that my great grandfather, my grandfather's father-in-law, my grandmother's father, his name was Rabbi Avram Grudzinski, and he was the spiritual leader in the yeshiva of Slobodka in Lithuania prior to the Holocaust. One of the things that he writes is that there used to be a time where anybody would get an illness, and there's no right away, not an illness, but anybody would get a message to have any challenge. And they would immediately go to the prophet and they'd say, you know, I, I have this pain here. They'd go to the prophet. The prophet would say, oh, it's because you did such and such and therefore you need to repent. And you say, okay, repent, you'll repent. You'll do the four-step process for repentance. And boom, the pain is gone. Okay. What happened was, is that with time, People stopped taking the message. The prophet would tell them what they did wrong and say, okay, okay, okay. The pain would go away or they wouldn't even pay attention to the prophet anymore. All they want to know is what's, what's the, what's the cure? What's the cure? What's the cure? And not even pay attention to the message behind it. So God took away prophecy. Prophecy wasn't effective anymore. So what did we get instead of prophecy? God gave us pain and suffering. Yisurim. Yisurim is a replacement for prophecy. So if you have that pain in your arm or your leg, or you have a headache, you have something, you know what? That's a prophecy where God is telling you a direct message. And you're, by the way, going to be the only one who's going to be capable of explaining the reason behind it. Getting an understanding of that prophecy. You're going to be the only one. You're a prophet. Every single human being is a prophet. You're a prophet and you are able to decipher the message behind it. it. doesn't have to be pain, by the way. It doesn't have to be a medical pain, a physical pain. It could just be a pain of something that goes wrong in your life. Why? Well, you're a prophet. And as a prophet, you can track it down. Why this? Why this time? Why this place? Why through this person? All of those details are part of the riddle. For what purpose? Why does God do this to us? To wake us up. We're not here on a free ride. Okay. It's, it's, it's established. We've got this. Okay. We're here to attain our place in the world to come. The only way to get there is through this world. And in so doing, in going through this world, facing our challenges, that's, and overcoming them, that's how we get our place in the world to come. How long do you live? Hopefully 120. 120 years of challenges. It could be the same challenge for 10 years. Until we get the message. And then the next one comes, you know. I'll give you an example. I was once talking on, on uh, talking in one of the classes about the topic of humility, and um, well, some of the people were pretty confident. Some of the things. One of the things I like to do, if I remember, is to ask people what they feel about this trait and how they how comfortable they are. And one of the people was extremely confident that this was a trait they really didn't need to work on that much until we've started defining what the trade is and it's with any trade like that it's also the case by the way in any world issue that you deal with even sports sit in the stands you sit in the stands you think anybody's going to throw the ball to you no but if you go on the field they will when we get into the real field of life god starts throwing curveballs you can take the blue pill you can take the red pill You can take one, live in oblivion. You take the other. It could get, it can get complicated. It can get tricky. It can get very testy. But that is part of our life that we're here to experience, to live, to enjoy, to grow from. No person's got, it's got free. We need to embrace our challenges because our challenges are our tools that are going to get us to our perfection. The means that enable a person to reach this goal are the mitzvahs. You know what gets us to this goal? The mitzvahs that God, blessed be his name, commanded us to fulfill. The mitzvahs. And the only place where we can perform these mitzvahs is in this world. Once we check out, it's all over. Therefore, a man was placed in this world first, so that through these means, which are available to him here, he can reach the place that has been prepared for him, which is the world to come. So without this world, without these challenges, without all of the struggles that we have here, it is impossible, it is impossible for us to get to the place we need to get to in the world to come. This is the playground. This is the place where we trial, fail, succeed eventually. We're going to be tested time and again. If you're not on that field, you're not going to be tested. If you're not going to be in the game, they're not going to throw the ball at you. Sometimes they throw that ball, it'll be a curveball. Sometimes it'll be a fastball. Sometimes you'll be ready, sometimes you won't. But it's much better to be in the game than out. And in this world, the the, the challenges that we face mean that we're living. It means that we're we're hopefully... You know, anybody here who every time they're tested with something gets worse? Usually not. Every time you get tested, you get better, a little better, a little better, a little better. But to completely fail and do worse, it's not likely. You know, people are afraid to fail. Today we have participation trophies. I've shared this before. My son once went to a soccer league. And, uh, he lost. It was the final, it was the final, uh, game of the season. And they were the two best teams. And my son's team lost. It's okay. I gave him a hug. We'll do better next time. And they said, oh, no, no, where you going? We going? I'm like, what do you mean? He lost. We're going home. Maybe we'll stop for ice cream, you know, something, you know, like one second. He didn't get his trophy. I'm like, he lost. I'm like, yeah, but we want everyone to feel good. So we give everybody a trophy. That's that's a disaster. That we give our children a fake feeling of success when they failed. The feeling of failure is the greatest tool one can have that leads them to success. Do you know which NBA athlete was thrown off? Did I give this example last week? Was thrown off his basketball team because he wasn't good enough? Michael Jordan. He was thrown out of his high school basketball team because he wasn't tall enough and he wasn't good enough. Someone's regretting that. That failure, that teacher, that coach that threw him off that team deserves a lot of credit because that brought out in him. I'll tell you myself, I once undertook a project. It was a year-long project, one year-long project. And I remember like three weeks in, my brother said to me, you know everyone who tries that fails, right? And that gave me every single bit of momentum I needed to finish it. Every single drop. Oh, he doubted me. Now I'm going to prove it to him. And the truth is, I owe the credit to him. Because who knows, maybe that week would have been the last week I ever do it. Sometimes that potch is the greatest, That, that, that pain, that struggle that we have is sometimes the greatest blessing as well. I'll tell you something else. Anybody here ever heard of someone named Larry Bird? Larry Bird was a great basketball player. Do you know how Larry Bird became Larry Bird? I'll tell you. His father was a drunken. His father was such a crazy drunken and so violent that he wouldn't, Larry Bird would not go home after school until his father passed out. It was a nightly ritual. His father got so violent, he didn't want to be home when his father was still awake. So he'd go to the basketball court, even in the cold, freezing weather of Chicago, where he grew up in the outskirts of Chicago. And all he did was shoot basketballs. And he became the great... Unbelievable. What was he? Which team did he play? Boston? C- Boston? Celtics? Celtics. Amazing. Yeah, we we all have challenges. Because it's what we do with those challenges. It's not enough to just say, well, if if I had the money like he had, then, uh, you know, I'll do better things. There's a reason you don't have the money like he has. Because you're here to do a different test. would it help you? You have a different test. See, go back to what we said earlier. If we're only here to serve our physical... External elements, our body, then you're right. You want the money. You should get the money. But if you're here to serve the internal spiritual soul, then we want to stay on course. And God giving you that, how much, that billion dollar lottery ticket and you win will destroy everything that's inside it. And people say it's okay. Just give it to me, and everything will be fine. I'll do such good deeds with it. Right No, 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 no. You're never going to fulfill what your purposes. Every person's got a unique challenge. Every person's got a unique something they can contribute. We've mentioned this, but if you take your finger, take your finger. Everybody's got a different fingerprint. Every human being has a different fingerprint on this world. Everybody can and should. Accomplish, contribute something to this world that's unique only to them. Something only they can do. And what's if a whole lifetime passes and we work hard doing the wrong thing? That, that's, that's total, total catastrophe. There's a story told about, uh, about, uh, I think, I believe it's Reb Naftali Amsterdam. He was a genius of geniuses, but I guess to some degree, when he was a child, it's a little bit of an ADD or an ADHD. I don't know what they would diagnose him as. They say that if Einstein was alive today, he'd be diagnosed as a as a, as a total uh, total lunatic, right? Because he wouldn't be an ordinary person. They wouldn't. They, thank God he was grew up in a generation where it wasn't seen. You know, they didn't put people in boxes. So. Amsterdam One night, hears his parents over over talking talking about him, and they say, you know, he's really not doing well. He's not doing well with his 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 learning. Rebbe is you know struggling with him. Maybe we we'll just send him to the shoemaker. We'll send him to the shoemaker. We'll teach him how to make shoes, and he'll make shoes. He'll be a good a good a good uh, shoemaker. He heard this and he got a shudder. Now. Many years later, when Raftali Amsterdam, who was a great, great scholar, when he completed writing his book, he shared this story. And he said the frightening dream he had that night. The dream was that he came up to heaven and they said to him, Nu, no, what did you accomplish? He says, What do you mean? I, I was a, I was a shoemaker. And I made these beautiful shoes for all these all these people. Made them so happy. I, I made shoes specially for the for the father of the bride and for you know. I made really beautiful shoes. I did it with all my heart, with all my soul. Like okay, very nice. And then the angels in heaven say, "But where's the book? We heard you were supposed to author a book." Says me a book. I'm a simple shoemaker. I don't write no books. I read books. I don't write books. So said, no, you went down there to write a book. Where's that book? Me. So when Riftoli, Amsterdam completed his book, he says, here, this is the book. This is the book I came to this world for. It's a frightening thought that someone perhaps could be coming to this world to publish, to do something great, And then they become a uh, a car salesman. Nothing wrong with being a car salesman. But for someone who's supposed to be writing books, to be a car salesman, you're in the wrong trade. For someone who's supposed to be a scholar, to be a shoemaker, you're in the wrong industry. You're not going to bring out your greatness by being in the wrong trade. This world is a place where we need to face our challenges and not run away from them. And that when we see that we 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 are hitting a challenge, we're hitting a struggle, guess what? We do like the righteous do. Sheva Seven times we fall. And we get up again. And it's going to be painful, and it's going to be challenging, and it's going to be a struggle. And every time we'll get up again. Because that's what we do. When we are on a mission, we want to stay on course with no distractions. So he says like this. And what will be in that world to come? <speaking in Hebrew> to there to be sated by enjoying the good he, that he earned for himself through these means. Right? All of the opportunities that come to you in this world, guess what? They're all here to help you on your mission. My grandfather says, actually in last week's parsha says, brings from his rabbi that everyone has a perfect trait. Perfect positive and a perfect negative. You can have a positive trait of kindness, you can have a negative trait of arrogance or laziness, whatever it is. You're 100% capacity on both of them. And the idea is to take those qualities, the quality that you have in perfection, and, and infuse it, into the not-so-perfect positive traits and bring them up to perfect. And with the negative traits, the same. Overcome that negative trait and help that tool overcome the other negative traits. But we all have negative traits. We all have positive traits. There is no person on this earth that is perfect unless they've worked really, really hard to get to that perfection. So he says like this, and this is what our sages told us. You shall observe the, com- the commandment that I command you today to do them. Today, in this world, is the time when we do them. And tomorrow, meaning, in the world to come, is the time to receive reward for fulfilling them. So now we work. Later, we get the reward. If you ever do a construction, one of the challenges that, that you have is that uh, you know you got to pay a lot of the money usually before they do the construction. They have to buy the materials, whatever their reasoning is. It's very rare. Usually, you pay after. Because what's if you're not happy with the work? What's if they don't end up doing the job? What's if they just walk off from the job? And sadly, this is something that happens in Israel. People buy an apartment building, and they speak to the builder and they speak hey, everything's great. Except that the builder decided to take keep the money and not build a building. And now what are you gonna do? Huh? Now you're stuck. I'm sure there aren't many, many people who are who are this dishonest, but sadly there have been a few over the years. We all we all have a a great amount that we can contribute to this world. And we have something unique that we can contribute. And something that will help us attain our own level of perfection and success in our in our day-to-day life. So let's just finish here. He says as follows. And this is what our sages told us. Today, in this world, is the time to do them. And tomorrow, in the world to come, is time to receive reward for fulfilling them. It thus emerges that man's obligation in this world is to fulfill the mitzvos, and the goal towards which he should strive in everything he does is to achieve the eternal delight of the world to come. So like this. If you are doing a, any, any action, you, a person needs to think, how am I bringing God along on this, on, this, on this journey? How is what I'm going to do now be godly? And that's what we have to constantly be asking ourselves. Every action that we do, we have to connect it to the Almighty. It includes any mitzvah that you're, that you love or love, love a lot or love a little. We have to figure out a way to keep God in the, in the process. Additionally, and interesting that Shabbos is also considered like the world to come. In fact, Shabbos is, according to the Talmud, a 60th of the world to come. The 60th. You want to taste what it is the world to come? Observe a Shabbos. You'll know what the world to come is. Peace and serenity. But do you know what's unique about the world, about the world to come? Same thing, it's unique about Shabbos. Because you can't cook on Shabbos, guess what? Whatever you prepare before Shabbos is what you will have to eat on Shabbos. If you forget to cook, guess what? Not going to have what to eat. I had one week before Shabbos, I, I set up. I was my job in the house. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like left-handed in both hands when, when, when I'm in the kitchen. So it's best for me not to be there, right? Because you want your food to taste edible, and is an amazing cook, as, as you all know. So, you know... You don't want me messing around with the food. I, I'm not good with it, except for one thing that I, I have had the privilege of uh, of making the chalent. Anyone's familiar with the chalent? a uh, ancient Jewish delicacy, and uh, we add a little uh, Texas uh, uh, flair to it. One Shabbos, I prepared the uh, b- before Shabbos on Friday. I prepared the entire pot. Everything is ready to go. I even put the water in. Everything is ready to go. But I forgot to turn the pot on. Guess what, Chalent? We had to eat that Chavez. None. None. Well, thank God. Neighbors, friends. I made, I made sure everyone knew it. <coughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. I just, you know, suddenly we had different... Uh, that, that, that's the, the beauty and the benefit of living in a community is that, you know, but, and you have wonderful friends, so that's even, that's even nicer. But if you don't prepare for Shabbat, you're not going to have what to eat on Shabbat. Anyone here ever go on a cruise? No, neither did I. But they say that if you were to go on a cruise and you needed your sunglasses on the on the on the on the, on the, on the cruise liner and you forgot it in your car. And as soon as that ship leaves the dock, you know what happens? It's too bad. I'm sorry. You forgot your sunglasses, you forgot your son You had sandwiches inside your trunk. It's too bad. Once that ship has sailed, it has sailed and it's all over. You'll get the tuna fish sandwich when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably don't want it anymore, right? What you took with you, you took with you. It's imagine people in this world have opportunity to do mitzvahs. So you know what? One day I'll get to it. One day, one day. And then that ship sails, meaning we move on to the next world and what happens? I wish I could have given more tzedakah, sorry. I wish I could have forgiven that person, sorry. I wish I could have asked forgiveness from that person, sorry, the ship has sailed. And once the ship has sailed, everything you've left out, everything you forgot, it's all gone. And that is what this world is. This world is a place we can do things. This world is called the world olam the world of doing. World well, to come is the world of reward. Once once we're through here, it's all over. So one of the important lessons that Re, uh, that Reb uh, Yisrael Salanta was once passing in his town, he sees the, a little candle on inside the shoemaker's booth. So he goes, he sticks his head in, he says, "What? You're still working?" So he said said these words that. Changed Rebbe Saul Salanter's life, and he said, "As long as there's still oil in the can and the candle can still burn, there's work to do." And that is, as long as we're still alive, there's still things we need to accomplish. There's still tasks we need to complete, missions we need to accomplish, places we need to go to do the will of Hashem. That's our life. Our life. This is a place where we are here in this world to be challenged. And we ask Hashem not, not, not to give us challenges. Not to give us challenges that are too difficult for our imagination. Our imagination sometimes is sometimes like, no, I can't do that. It's okay. You can do it. Hashem shall bless us all that we should not only accomplish our mission, but enjoy the process of those tests. We should enjoy the whole process and never let a day pass us by without enjoying and living a pleasurable life. For that, my friends, thank you so much. Have a good evening. Bye. La You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.